Clustered Conversation. Welcome to Cluster Conversations. I'm Josh Hampton. And I'm Bob Back. So we're here at uh, day one of the AWS Summit in San Francisco. We just wrapping up the day. Anything uh, interesting going on with the customers you've seen here today, Josh? Yeah, there's a lot of very interesting folks that have been showing up, asking really good questions. A lot of varied workloads, a lot of different kinds of problems that we're hoping we can help folks out with. Had some very large customers come by and, and some very small ones as well. Lots of startups for sure. Seems like everyone's kind of moving their data up in the cloud and want to have a uh, similar kind of workflow and performance that they have on site. Uh, we just finished watching 23andMe on stage mm -hmm. present uh, the, how they move their workload from their on-prem data center into the cloud and they're now running on Weka up in AWS. So. It looked like it was a really good crowd that gathered to watch it as well. Maybe, I, don't know, I, I, I didn't see very many open seats there and I was having to kind of lean over from the booth down the aisle to look. How was it? How was the attendance there, Bob? It was good attendance, but the story was even better. He managed to show us uh, the, how their price saving is working in the AWS infrastructure, but more importantly, how they were able to move their entire pipeline into AWS without changing anything. They didn't have to change code. They didn't have to retool. They didn't, and their users were able to log in and work Monday like they were able to on Friday when they left. I mean, that's just amazing that they were seeing cost savings going into the cloud. Usually. I mean, that's one of the kind of the detriments of folks leaving looking at the cloud is what's the pricing going to be and it was like a lot less, a little bit less, or yeah, what did it look like? They were able to maintain the cost they had as a data center but down in the cloud, but more importantly, they, they were able to get the resources they needed when they needed it, mm. expand out, auto scale up, auto scale down, and well, more importantly, they could auto scale their storage along with their hardware, and, I mean their, their compute resources, their yeah. GPUs. Plus they could, they could upgrade in the new GPU resources that they became available in the cloud. Instead of having all the, the wait for hardware and everything else show oh, up yeah. on site and all the rack right. and stacking configurations. Yeah, and the, what, what, what are the, the backlogs now for ordering? It's, I don't even think it's even in the order of weeks anymore. I think it's back up to like multiple months waiting for just any sort of hardware to show up. And that, yeah, that's really going to slow down any kind of time to market or, or time to innovation. For them, they've got petabytes of storage. They were able to migrate all up in there, landed on Weka. They were able to save money on their storage as well because they have Weka tiering going out. So they have the Weka file system running on NVMe on their EC2 instances, backed by Amazon S3, and they're using the intelligent tiering from Amazon. So it's not only backing up to S3, then it's being tiered off even further down and down and down as the data becomes colder and colder. Oh yeah, that's right. You're using the uh, intelligent auto tiering for the S3 itself, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely, I've heard, I've talked to other customers that have asked about that kind of support as well, because there is a significant cost savings if you can use that, that extra cold tier of S3 and use that automated intelligent tearing. Yep, absolutely, and so we've uh, we actually had some fun here as well. We got our uh, demonstration booth. We got the yeah. screen up there. We had some videos running, and you know, Josh and I kind of got bored of that, so we spun up a Weka cluster <laughs> up in Amazon, and we started running it this morning. We're getting about 10 gigs a uh, second of performance off of a little... Just a little baby cluster. Yeah, a six-host cluster, six cluster yep. running on uh, i3 EN... Um, 3X largest. 3X largest, yeah. Yep. So not the smallest, but one step up, yeah. Yep, and we're running about 22 terabytes of flash. Yep. And then Josh had the fun idea of adding uh, S3 to it, so what'd you make it do? Well, you first started up with like 100 terabyte of S3, and it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, 100 terabyte files, so that's not bad, that, like, that looks pretty big, right? I was like, we support more than that, let's, let's maybe get a little bit silly. So, initially we made it four exabytes, and I was looking at it going like, you know what, we support more than that, let's, let's just go, let's go you know, full Monty here, and set it to 14 exabytes, and that definitely got a, a fair number of people coming by looking at it going, 
Wait, is that a is that an E? Oh, is that is that multiple digits of of, of E? Is that, is that exabytes? Like, yeah, yeah, it is. It's like, oh, well, wow, <laughs> that's a lot of storage. So I came back down. I changed it back down for you, back to you know 100 terabytes, <laughs> and then we moved back up. So what's nice is we can change that on the fly, right? It's just oh, that, yeah. uh, we can make grow and shrink the file system. We grew and shrink the NVMe layer. We grow and shrink the uh, the, the, object, the store. object store layer. Yep. And all while we're running I/O too, we're running a couple hundred thousand IOPS and a yeah. few gigabytes a second of throughput from a from a small number of clients. Yeah, from just four clients. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really impressive. And I'm I'm still amazed. Like we're running a, a parallel file system, and that we're able to not just scale up, but to scale back down as well. So if you have a workload where you need to be able to to burst up in your level of performance, and then come back down and constrain that to constrain costs, it's it's kind of a unique capability in the parallel file system space. Yep, and we've been able to show and present to customers, demonstrate live, and also demonstrate using the, the pre-can demos we brought with us. Yep. So it's a, I think it's a pretty successful show right now, so yep. waiting on day two and start over and do this again. Exactly right, hopefully the uh, the bunions behave a little bit and you know get some Epsom salts and soak the feet and <laughs> feel better tomorrow. So we'll cut here and uh, join, join us again in a few seconds and it'll be live from day two. Hey there, and welcome back to our program. I guess welcome, we, took a little more we took a little more time off than we planned to. Uh, Josh and I couldn't really get together on the second day to do the recordings. We we're just busy running around, uh, you know, catching up with customers and catching up with the, our, our coworkers. So unfortunately, here we are now in our studios talking to you guys. There we go. Well, that and just writing on Bart takes takes a phenomenal amount of time, though it is a little bit uh, a little bit less so than in the before four time. So that that's quite pleasant. Yeah, driving back and forth would have been a pain for you. You live out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah. And I flew straight home, so I'm back here in, the, uh, in Seattle. There we go. All right, so what did we see that day? Um, what did we see that day? I think there were still some really great sessions about the new technologies that Amazon is putting out there that they're working on, stuff like their new Nitro hypervisor chip and card that they're inserting into their, uh, into their instances and bare metal. I think uh, there's very interesting things that are happening around that. With uh, what, what, what exactly is it doing again, Bob? Uh, I believe it's a new hypervisor that allows them to be able to uh, move faster as far as development is concerned, be able to bring new technologies in, and be able to uh, accelerate the workloads that actually exist today in Amazon. That's awesome. Um, our customers up there as well. We had the guy uh, from 23andMe up on the stage talking uh, the day before. We were supposed to interview him and kind of just, again, one of those things where we missed, unfortunately, but we will get that uh, on the books later. Uh, but one, one of the neat parts... Well, I hear there may have been a bit of a shady or kind of secret recording that happened that might end up somewhere eventually, so well, potentially yeah. it could be heard. Yes, we might get that out there at some point. Uh, but <laughs> what we did find out from him while he was on stage was the amazing fact that they were able to move their entire workload up in the cloud and run without changing anything except where it ran. Yeah, what was his exact quote? It was, uh, it just worked. Yeah, it just so worked. that's... That's pretty high praise for a, a big lift and shift, like entire movement of your, your infrastructure and your workloads to just, you don't have to you know recode everything, you don't have to refactor your workloads, your applications, et cetera. You just kind of move where it is physically and hit go and it just yep. works. That's, that's great. And they rolled in uh, auto scaling to boot, right? So now they got auto scaling. So as they hit those big points where they need lots of data work, they can spin up a few more clusters, cluster nodes, start running the work. And then after it's done, it spins back down. And yeah. Then, uh, yeah, I think from talking to them, it sounds like what well, they were running sixty something nodes 
And I guess their workloads have kind of tapered off a little bit right now. So they, they just scaled it back down like 30-something instead. So they're almost half the size. 36, it, yeah. Yeah, the second customer, I mean, when I first came here, we talked about uh, another one of our customers who they started having their movement into the cloud, but their their artists and their workers and their they were a media entertainment company and were, were afraid to go to the cloud. So one weekend, they had a shutdown and they just moved everything to the cloud and didn't tell any of their users. Their users logged back into their pages and started working and everything was fine. So a couple of weeks later, they said, hey, we're going to move in the cloud full time. Everyone complained. And they're like, well, you've been working there for two weeks now. So, you know, like you didn't complain then. And so now they're a fully <laughs> cloud automated end to end workflow for media entertainment. So from creation all the way to release. Yeah, it's great when those sorts of like transitions can be that seamless and transparent that like, literally your your users don't even notice that anything has changed or anything's different. That's just that's that's the the holy grail. That's the golden example. That's a like when you can do it that way, that's like that's the yeah. really amazing way to be able to do it. So, so for the first few minutes when Josh and I saw each other at the, uh, at the trade show, I was getting busy and putting together a cluster in the cloud. So I was spinning <laughs> up an Amazon cluster for us so we can show our customers what we do. And you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit cheapskate, so I spun up a 22 terabyte cluster. So it was one of our smaller ones so people can see it and running IO to it again, about 10 gigs a second. Yeah, you still know. do it 10 gigs a second. That's, that's nothing to sneeze at. Right, it was just a tiny little cluster. And uh, then Josh made fun of me for how tiny my cluster was. So <laughs> I, we, we added an object store to it and made it look like four exabytes. <laughs> well, at first, it wasn't four exabytes at first. It was like 200 or 100 terabyte or something yeah. like that. And I was like, Bob, come on. Let's throw some real numbers up there. Yeah. So, then, so then finally, you changed it to four. Yeah. And then, then after a little more chiding, I got it to 10. And then I you know, was talking to customers. I turned back around and Josh is on the keyboard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, 10 is, I mean, four is great. I mean, that's seeing an E anywhere that's that's a that's a big number right yep. but let's put two digits worth of e why not so 10 10 exabytes and then eh, how about 14 yep, 14 we, sounds much more interesting and we ran at 14 for a while I and mean, we had a, you know 20 terabytes of nvme fronting 14 exabytes <laughs> of uh, of object um you theoretically know, it would work it would work uh, you just we were playing around with it and uh, yeah. it was fun and customers were like is that an e so that was, yeah. was kind of nice to see yeah there were there were a Several people that walked up and specifically made that comment of it. Wait, yep. hold on a second. Like you see a number, you don't really pay that much attention. You walk up and look a little bit closer at the screening. Your head tilts a little bit like, wait a minute. Is that really? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it is. So Josh and I are big fans of Amazon, but we are currently both playing around in other clouds too. You know, we gotta, we gotta keep our options open. Uh, so well, maybe if you could support everybody, you can have your your hyperscaler of choice, or more importantly, be able to do like cost arbitrage between hyperscalers. Absolutely. Like that's that's the real game winning play if you're if you're moving up into the cloud is being able to seamlessly transition between different providers based on you know, whatever features that they have that might be interesting to you, or hey, you know what, maybe just their instances are a little bit cheaper and you can realize some cost savings by moving yep. your workload from one to the other. So yeah, you and I have been testing very hard in one, just doing all sorts of crazy things, even getting up to a, was it two terabytes a second uh, cluster? Yeah. yeah, two terabyte <laughs> per second download or read, yeah. read performance on that one cluster. That was, that was pretty phenomenal. And then uh, and Shimon are, is working on two other uh, clouds for us. So we'll be talking to mm -hmm. Shimon a little bit later on in this show. Not this episode, but another episode. So, uh, you know, it, it be be on the lookout for the new clouds that we got coming out. So it's going to be interesting here at Wacom. Oh, yeah. All right. So what else we got going on? Um, 
I'm going to say, hey, we Lucas. got some friends right now who are hanging out in Las Vegas. Yeah, I was about to say, there's another another interesting trade show going on right now, I believe, down there. Yeah, in Vegas, right? Yeah. At NAB, right? That's... Yep, the, the, was the National Association Nash of Broadcasters. Yes. And, uh, you know, we've been making a lot of headway in the uh, media entertainment space, right? We've been kind of, I, I've had one customer we closed last quarter. We got another one uh, that was closed on the East Coast through our mm -hmm. partner at Hitachi. So we got some very interesting stuff going. They're running HCSF, yeah. which is uh, a pretty cool uh, a combination of our two technologies together. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, plus what, all of our Amazon customers that are, that are running like full on studios in the yep. cloud like doing doing some amazing work. I think there was a Super Bowl commercial that was completely done at Amazon by, oh gosh, was that? Who it was, was also, that again that did that one? Uh, was it Untold, I think it was? I or, think it was Untold, no, uh, yeah. Maybe. It was one of the, it was Untold, another one that was, they did another one that was uh, a Sony PlayStation commercial as well, which was really beautiful. So yeah. That. There was a turtle on a skateboard in another video. There's some really cool stuff going on. <laughs> that was um, weird. Interesting, but, but weird. But we've got multiple M&E customers currently that, that are uh, under test. And what really broke mm -hmm. it open for us is our, is our brand new SMB stack. Yes. Right. Yeah, being able to have SMB, not just SMB 3, but 3.1 with multi-channel. And really, RDMA. And RDMA, exactly, exactly. That really uncorks un the pipe there and lets, lets you get basically line rate to your, uh, to your Windows system. So what I think, Bob, from... Uh, some of the color correction workloads we've seen in testing upwards of 10 or so gigabyte per second on color correction. Well, we got the, the cluster itself on one one SMB node of ours getting, getting mm -hmm. about 10 gigabytes a second of throughput of reads. Uh, for a single 4K uncompressed color correction stream, I believe we were doing about 1.5 gigabytes a second, and that was running at 2x what uh, the frame rate of the 4K, which meant that we're very happy. So. <laughs> No, yeah, and, but you can do all your color correction in half the time, or and, and zero less than zero that, frames right? dropped. That was the best part about it, right? That's, that's what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, that's so, perfect. You don't have to run it more than once. Yeah, um, that that was a nice one. So we've been working with a lot of customers. The SMB is a brand new stack, and you know we've got, you know, SMB is a neat neat thing to have with the RDMA. Mm -hmm. But we, you know, we have the capability of NFS, SMB, S3, all as ingest and egress if you want to. Uh, protocols into Weka. Yeah. But what's co cool about it, especially with the IoT world right now, right? There's lots of mm -hmm. these things in well, your Lots of little sensors are... just everywhere that who knows how they're sending things. Are they sending it via SMB? Is it NFS? Is it S3? Right. They choose some protocol and they send that data and then land mm -hmm. somewhere and then you want to do work again. So you don't want to use the same protocol to work. So yeah. that, and you don't want to move the data somewhere else to do work either because that's a lot of data, especially if it's like, you know, think about 3 million files. Moving 3 yeah. million files, whether you have a huge file or not, doesn't matter. It's going to take you a that's long time. That's non-trivial. Yeah. 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 Especially crawling through a bunch of small files. Absolutely. Yep. That takes forever. That's one of our one of our claims of fame is you can write to us with any protocol and then read using POSIX or GP, uh, GPU Direct or whatever protocol you want and be able to get the maximum benefit of your uh, your cluster and your yeah. st storage. All protocols, the same data all the time. Exactly. Um, I don't have much more, man. I mean, uh, there, than... Well, there's something coming up a bit later, what, a couple of oh, yeah. month and a half or so that you're going to? Yep, I'll be uh, heading out to Hamburg, Germany. I'm going to get myself a hamburger. And, hamburger uh, and Hamburg. <laughs> hang out with the supercomputing folks. They got the supercomputing show out there. Nice. So very excited to go walk around, check out the town, and enjoy all the, the cool, amazing advancements scientific computing and how we at WACA can help them you know, take advantage of it, right? 
faster yeah. CPUs. Um, you know, I think uh, we might be able to talk about an ARM thing somewhere in the future as well, right? There's mm -hmm, some, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know, other protocols that Josh is excited about, right? <laughs> Help uh, with uh, maybe some data lake workflows that you know folks are increasingly seeing get larger and larger and more difficult to accelerate. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. Maybe some S3A. You know, there's a, a lot more stuff coming into Weka you know, in the coming months, right? We, we're a very Absolutely. fast company. We're very agile. So it's kind of nice yeah. to see. It's, it's fun to be someplace where, you know, we don't talk about a protocol and then take five years to develop it, right? It's, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it, the turnaround time has been ec extremely advantageous from, from when even I just started. Well, I think one of, our, one of our fellow SEs put together a little slide with a timeline on just new features right. that have come out in, over the last, like, two years. And it, it is a very, very, very busy slide. Yeah. Like stuff and, is just constantly getting pushed and, or pushed out in, into development. And we're all on that new GUI in 4.0, which is all exciting stuff. So we'll have yeah. a, a fresh, fresh new look. It uh, is fancy looking. It's got colors and everything. Right. <laughs> Super reactive. It's all HTML5 based. So yep. it should be, uh, should be very performant. Just in time to go to HTML6. But, you know. Exactly. Just in time. Perfect. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> back we'll to Shockwave. Let's just go back to Shockwave. <laughs> we'll keep developing as things come out. Um, I think that's it for this time, Josh. I don't know if we yeah. got anything else. No, I think we should save it for future episodes. All right. We're going to go bug some people and get them on to uh, be interviewed by us. And we'll, uh, we'll bug them to give, give you more information. So Perfect. For Weka, I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. Have a great one. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.